A yogi is someone who is so sick of their ego that they want to commit suicide. But they know that if they do that, they'll have to face all the karma that they ran away from in the next life. So it does no good. And so instead of killing the body in suicide, they realize they must commit egocide. Suicide, sui, comes from the Sanskrit swa, the real self. Ego is the false self, the me. In fact, the word me actually stands for M-E, machinic entity. Because the ego is a machine, it's a robot. With an operating system that was created in childhood and robotically repeats the same patterns over and over again in just a very slightly more sophisticated form. And so we have to get rid of this robot somehow. We have to give ourselves a robotomy. (laughs) Which is similar to a lobotomy, but slightly different. And the lobotomy you get rid of the higher functioning aspects of the robot and you're left with the lower ones. Here we want to get rid of the robot entirely so that we can be liberated in life. But to get rid of the me, requires being willing to cut our link with thoughts. to be in stillness. And the thoughts continue to emerge robotically. But what keeps the robot going, what keeps it fueled, is our addiction to those thoughts. The robotic thoughts produce jouissance. They produce a kind of pleasure, enjoyment, even though that enjoyment is painful. Every ego is sadomasochistic and it produces a kind of enjoyment in the same way that a dog enjoys the taste of its own bleeding gums when it's chewing on a bone. And so the way to dissolve the me is to be in stillness in silence and by focusing in the third eye the divine light will dissolve the neuronal patternings of the mind that are actually going through the brain in the frontal lobes and the finite egoic mind when it dies, when there has been marjiva, death of the ego while one is alive, then creates a space of emptiness in which the divine mind, the infinite mind, can descend, 
literally into the brain, can be connected, activated. And so a different kind of thinking process can ensue. One that is not based on egocentricity and not based <coughs> in language, but based in divine presence, eternal presence. But to achieve this, we must be willing to let go of the sense of being one with the body in order instead to be one with the Supreme Being, which is one with the entire universe. So in Christianity, they emphasize original sin. But Satyogis emphasize original synergy. Because before there were egos, we were in a synergistic connection, interconnectedness with the entire universe. And that's recognized today by quantum physics, that on the quantum level of subatomic particles, there's an interconnectedness. Now they've even discovered what they're calling a God particle. Well, if they can discover that, we should be able to discover God. That particle, that wave, that ultimate vibrational frequency of presence is in consciousness. It is the source of our consciousness. So if we sit long enough in stillness and focused on the source of consciousness, we begin to create a state that is very subtle, a state of, of attention and awareness that can perceive the least movement in consciousness. And when we can get that movement of mind down to absolute zero, then a shift happens into another dimension of the real. Because the movement of the mind is what creates the illusion of duality. That there is a world, that there is a me, that there is a God or some power out there. All of those are illusory when there is absolute zero stillness of the mind. There is non-duality. The realization of the non-duality that had always been there as the background radiation of our consciousness. But because we were moving so fast, we could not focus on that or allow it to emerge. Once it emerges into the space of silence, then all of its emergent properties come with it. Properties such as divine love, joy, power, clarity, wisdom, freedom, and other yogic powers that emerge the longer one remains in this state that is called samadhi. And if we can begin to cultivate a taste for this inner silence, it will become so highly pleasurable 
that the old jouissance of the ego based on fantasies of possessing outer objects will be easily let go of in favor of this much more intense blissful awareness and there will be no struggle to renounce the vices of the ego because the ego will have been dissolved and along with it all of its sanskaras its tendencies its fear desire arrogance all of its attributes that produce suffering dissolve naturally instantaneously and forever once the realization that you are not the ego becomes very clear and established as the baseline of your identity and so that's what we're practicing when we meditate is go inward and discover what is the actual nature of consciousness when it is not disturbed by the illusion of the me when it is not extroverted when it is not does not begin with a premise of ego and of body identification when you start in that state of pure consciousness and then explore to the very core the nucleus of awareness discover what is the self what am i this is ramana's great question and as ramana says simply by inquiring into that question silently not repeating it like a mantra but silently we enter into the field of divine presence and the one who is seeking very soon merges into what is sought as you enter into the silence you will feel more and more peaceful more serene more calm <clears throat> there may be fragments of your ego that are afraid of this peace that have become so used to chaos and activity that peace itself creates anxiety And so the biggest challenge if that occurs is to remain the witness of whatever emotions arise in the midst of this peace whatever peacelessness that threatens to overturn the peace and by witnessing it and surrendering it to the source 
detaching from any identification with it, whatever it is, anxiety, anger, fear, some other emotion, depression, sorrow, remorse, whatever, to be the witness. Recognize it as an object in consciousness, a subtle object, and that it's temporary and it will pass. Remain as the silent witness. And gradually all of the detritus of emotional energies that had been bound to the ego will come up and will be released and will be gone. And you'll be free of them. But remain passionless in the state of vairagya, even if passionate emotions are arising. That's the trick. Remain detached. And those impermanent emotional energies will pass through. And you will remain as the container of infinite consciousness. That has no negativity no ego, not even a sense of time. And in this state there will be the realization of grace, oneness with God. Give yourself the gift of realizing that this is your true nature. Return to it and establish yourself as that. And you will be free even in the midst of this life of shocks and karmic events, nothing will touch you, nothing will disturb you, nothing will create imbalance or inaccuracy. Nothing will interrupt the flow of love. Nothing will create sorrow. Nothing will create fantasies. Nothing will create a sense of lack or loss. And there will be an inherent sense of deathlessness. And in that state of freedom, from fear, one becomes a blessing in the world to all beings. And so whatever karma there had been is completely dissolved in the auspiciousness of one's presence as 
a channel of those divine energies to all beings.